It's Divas That Care Radio. Stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Divas That Care. My name is Candace Gish. Today, I have an amazing lady that I'm going to be welcoming to our Diva family. And you know what? You're going to love to get to know her. I had the opportunity to go to her website and to read a little bit about her and her. So, Kashina Singh, welcome to the Divas That Care. Thank you. And thank you for having me, and thank you for what you do with this program. Oh. Um, it's, it's inspiring. I've been following you for around a year, I think, and uh, I love the voices you bring to the table as well as the kind of varied topics uh, that you cover with women across the world. Thank you so much. We're so excited to have you on our program today. But before I kind of dive into some questions that I have for you, would you mind introducing yourself to our listeners today? So, I, yes, I will absolutely introduce myself to, uh, to your listeners. And uh, I'm Kashyana Singh. Uh, I live in the United States. I live in the North Carolina region, uh, currently talking uh, from the city of Boston, um, which is where my son is. And the reason I'm here, which is always what I'm trying to make my first part of the introduction, is because I'm a, I'm a new grandma and a very excited one at that. Uh, the little baby is now around eight months old. Um, generally speaking, I have around 27 years of overall general management experience. I've worked uh, in client services and operational leadership across the world in, in a variety of multinational organizations. Um, and uh, my, my, my most recent job is that of a vice president at a professional services firm in the United States. Uh, but that's that's really, that's, that's what I do in terms of my work, right? But I am a poet, and uh, that's really where my heart and my soul lies. I believe in the mantra of work as worship. Um, that was my TEDx talk as well. Um, and when I'm not working, meaning, and like I said, work as worship, and I'm not working, meaning working could be doing my job, working could be looking after my little grandson, working would be doing anything around the house. When I'm not working, um, I can be found writing or reading poetry uh, or just absorbing uh, and infusing other poetry in terms of reading the, the current contemporary poets across the world. I have two published collections, uh, Shelling Peanuts and Stringing Words was my first full-length collection, uh, a chapbook called Crushed Anthers, which is a journey across 10 cities, was my second book. And my latest book, uh, which I'm really excited about, and I'm holding an author review copy in my hand, Candice, is called Woman by the Door. And it's coming out in February uh, this year with Apprentice House Press uh, in the United States. So in a nutshell, that's me. I hope that helps. <laughs> that is amazing. And first, I'd like to say congratulations on your new grandchild. I'm like, I couldn't imagine what that's like, and that is so wonderful. So, oh, that is it's such a blessing. Yes. Well, I'm excited. Oh, man, it is. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's absolutely amazing, all the things that you're doing. And I think you're quite humble in the stuff that you're saying, because you have done quite a bit of things. And 
I want to ask you, because this is probably something that our listeners are wondering, why did you decide to get into poetry and write these most amazing poems? Uh, that's, yes, that's an important question, uh, but also one that doesn't necessarily have, um, have a clear answer, right? Because anybody who's a poet doesn't really have this aha moment in life and you say, oh, Mm-hmm. Now onwards, I'm going to start writing poetry, right? So I don't exactly remember the first words of poetry, but I remember that I first published in school magazines when I was in the middle school. Uh, a poem was printed in, the, in a magazine for teenage writers. It used to be on the coffee table in our, uh, in our home as we moved across different cities across my growing up years. And everyone in the family used to read it, and my dad would ensure, right, like a proud dad, that everybody who walked into the home saw it. So maybe that that early encouragement uh, with words, for words, continued to uh, get me inspired. Uh, the other memory I have from childhood is reading Oh, Captain, My Captain uh, on stage. <laughs> and, yeah. Right? And, and I can still visualize reciting um, also, the boy stood on the burning deck, <laughs> Casablanca, on stage by both me and my sister. So my dad was very keen in getting us prepared for those kind of readings. But in terms of really writing, right, uh, uh, I, I think I, I also, it's, and all of us have that, right? I had an English teacher, <clears throat> excuse me, her name was uh, Miss Daphne. I still remember her name in middle school who honed the discipline for me and made me the editor of a middle school magazine, which I think further boosted my confidence. And, and then it, it kind of paused for a, for a little bit. Um, but my, uh, when I was pregnant with my first child, who now has a, grand, has a little baby, uh, is when writing just came back to me. Um, and, and that's how it, I, I have always written and like we say, a lot of us say we don't write because we need to write. We write because that is who we are. That's what defines us. Yes. Oh, my goodness. This is amazing. And I think that's quite inspiring because we, we have different authors that have come onto our program, and they have these amazing stories and how they became an author. And I really love the journey that you've had, and it's really evolved over time. And it's led you into the book that you've currently uh, wrote and that it's going to be coming out, as yep. you mentioned, in February. And I'd love to learn about that and what – why you decide to write this particular one? I love that question. Uh, and, the, and the book, as I said, is called Woman by the Door. Um, and the title can be intriguing, but also pretty obvious, right? It's, it's, it's a woman. Um, it's about women by the door. <laughs> because I feel we as women are always by the door, right? We are at a threshold, uh, most mm-hmm. days we are sitting at the threshold or standing at the threshold and we can peep inside or outside of that threshold. Uh, and that threshold could be an internal one. It could be one with our bodies. It could be one with our relationships. It could be one with the cities that we live in. And so that's really what Woman by the Door in, and why that title. But what the book itself is a conglomeration of poems over the last nine years um, which is approximately when I moved to the U.S. from India. They honor the fertile space of being a woman in the past, the present, and the future. So 10 years ago or nine years ago when I moved, for me, that was another threshold. It was a doorway. And the poems in the book um, move in and out of that doorway. There are poems of memory and childhood. There are poems that stem in the house and the home. 
there are poems about evolution and transition, of course, right? Because as you as you move countries, and uh, I, it was also the phase that I was going through. I was entering menopause. It was also a long distance relationship because I moved by myself, and my husband was still in India for three, four years. So it, it kind of was the doorway of many such ins and outs, and the poems are a collection of that, along with uh, a couple of different poems about grief and trauma uh, and loss, both personal as well as everything that's been going on with the world over the last two years with this plague and pandemic. It obviously has a lot of stuff in there. See it through a poet's eyes, I think, would be quite intriguing. Yeah, and and it, it is, like I said, it's a, it's a personal selection it's the poems are always and poems as we know should always be from lived experiences uh, yeah. but the, the the lived experiences that i as a woman had i'm sure will resonate right with others whether it is about children parents grandparents uh, the journey of a woman in evolution as a as a person as an individual and then of course the the dealing with not just the pandemic, but everything in the political environment, both mm-hmm. in the United States over the last couple of years and in my uh, home country, which is uh, India over the last couple of years. So all of that kind of seeps in, uh, both from a personal perspective, but also looking outwards and opening that lens outwards to the world. And I'm actually really, really excited to be able to read that because in Thank a different you. perspective. I think it's going to be really exciting. Um, so I'm going to ask Thank you, you. it probably has been quite, a, you're welcome, it's probably been quite a challenge for you because everybody's trying to now navigate how are they going to get their, their information out there for others to see. Because we are living in a world that is mostly online, are mm-hmm. you now finding it a challenge to you know, be able to share this with people? Are you able to still do uh, talks so that people can listen to you? Because you did a TED Talk. That's and a great you've point. Done some open mics. Um, yep. How how else do you get out there? That's a great question and a very relevant one. So thank you for asking. Uh, the answer is, and I'm a class half full kind of a person, so I try to find what is the positive or the opportunity, let's say, not the positive, what's yeah. the opportunity in the situation. And the opportunity in the current situation is the, the ability to open up the entire world without having to travel. Right. So how do I take advantage of that or how do we, anybody who's getting their books or collections out, take advantage of that and try and engage with communities, whether it's poetry communities, reading communities, writing communities across the world. Right. And for me, particularly, uh, definitely across India and the United States. That's one. So I'm exploring that. Like I said, like you said, um, I've been engaged over the last couple of years in a couple of different communities on a pretty regular basis. And in fact, it's, 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 it's great you asked the question because yesterday uh, I recorded the first reading <laughs> event for Woman by the Door, along with who's just got his book released. Uh, he just had his book released in January in the similar situation. So he and I were talking and we said, let's do a joint reading, right? So he and I, just like you and I are having this little banter and question and answer, we did that for each other. And then he read one of my poems, I read one of his poems, and we read a bunch of poems from each of our books, and that's going to come out on what, uh, there's a show called, on a community called The Wednesday Night Poetry. It's the longest running virtual series in the United States and runs out of Arkansas uh, by by a lovely, great, magical woman called Kai Corgan. Uh, and so she's going to uh, 
have that on the February 9th as feature. We will be as feature poets on that show. That's the first one, but oh, that's, that's just an example, trying to find other such forums to do like what you just said, getting the book out yeah. there, getting the word out there. Yep. Well, I think it's fantastic, and I really see the emergence of all of these groups because everybody wants to support one another. And I think that has been such a positive thing in the last couple of years is that people want to work together. They, they see the struggles yes. that they're going through and everybody's going through and they're like, okay, how do we lift up one another? How do we support one another? Exactly. And I think the author's community, the writer's community are really a big part of that. I, I mean, that's what you just said to me is, is really shown up in a different way over the last couple of years. Um, I'm taking just the example of Wednesday Night Poetry, a big shout out again to Kai Corgan because she's magical for the very reason you stated, right? Which is she was running this little community in Arkansas in person, right? As a reading in person on, in a coffee house. And then the pandemic happened and the world could have shut down, but instead it opened up. And now the show mm-hmm. is like a global show. It's virtual. Poets come in, read. There are topics, there are themes, there are uh, prompts, right, that we follow. But I think one of the human attributes that I have been most inspired by is resilience, right? So engaging with poetry over the last couple of years and then doing what we are doing in terms of, like you said, pulling up each other versus pulling down each other uh, has taught me that endurance is as important to sustaining as a writer as is inspiration. Because we need to plow through the daily distractions um, of being in a closed space at home all the time, of being in a pandemic, and make poetry and drive cohesive results, right? And, and I think as a community, that's a, message, that's a message for women, that's a message for the community. And I know that a lot of different groups, a lot of different people are rising to that, including you yourself. So thank you. Oh, it is my pleasure. I absolutely love it. A lot of our guests, I found, have causes that are really important to them. And I wanted to chat a little bit about yours and why they're important to you. Yeah, and so in terms of cause, I don't mark myself with a specific particular cause. But as you know, I actually failed to mention it in my introduction. I've been involved and engaged with the poetic journal. Uh, called Poets Reading the News. What's unique about that is it's poetry um, in journalism, right, or journalism in poetry. And uh, I, I joined them a, a year or so, a year and a half ago as an editor, continued to be engaged with them as a managing editor. And really what the journal's focused on and why it's different is it picks real events, political events that are impactful, right, and could mark history in the world, and our themes and our incoming poetry submissions are all centered around that agenda. And so to your point about causes, right, it's not a specific cause, but it's the cause to enable voices through poetry uh, for political or historical Mm -hmm. or social events that make a difference and are impactful. So as an example, there's a very... uh, At the beginning of the pandemic, India went through what we call the refugee crisis. So communities that had traveled into cities from right smaller towns and villages were forced to push themselves and their families back to villages because suddenly there was no work, right? There was no place for them to to be and stay. So you can read about it um, on the Internet and a couple of different papers have been written about it, but that's a topic we had and a lot of poetry came in. 
um, the insurrection in the United States a year ago, right? Just the general political environment a year ago, uh, the crisis in Afghan, uh, and so on and so forth. So my point being to your question, that's where my heart and my association lies, is, which is how do we use words to put forth in the world out there a message that's, that's soft yet strong right? And that's really what Woman by the Door is also about. It's a soft purse. It can seem like a soft personal source, but what's coming out is extremely strong and pervasive and impactful. I want to ask you, is there a place, you did say it comes out in February, is there a place where our listeners can go and check out the book in February so that they can purchase it or can they pre-order it? It's actually, thank you, I, I love that you asked the question because I generally, to your point, I'm not equipped or, or trained to to get my book out there, so I miss that ma- uh, that part most often. Is It's actually available for pre-order right now, so anybody who's listening and would, would love the book, uh, please go. You can go to Amazon or any other places that you buy your books, including Apprentice House Press the website for Apprentice House Press, but in just simple on Amazon, it's already available for pre-order and then will be shipped once it's ready and live in February. I will be honored to have author signed copies. So if you do think you want an author signed copy, please just DM me, message me, send me a quick note. I'm on Facebook. Um, I have an author page. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and I know you'll put, put those links out there as well. I will definitely be doing that. And one of the final things I want to ask you is you have done so much. Your journey is extraordinary. You've traveled through different countries, lived in different countries. I want to ask you what kind of tips, kind of tools do you have for our listeners in a variety of, of you know, situations through poetry, through, through just the yep. journey of life? Yeah, thank you for saying that because that is very important to me, uh, both as again, coming back to Woman by the Door, both in terms of growth as, a, as an individual, growth as a woman, um, but also the many, many years I've spent in what we call the so-called corporate environment. And we know that's a whole different place where women have to make a positive mark and continue to do so in order to uh, create right equal rights, equal pay, uh, equal responsibility opportunities, etc., so number one, I think, tell your story is what I believe in. And I, I mean that not just in a poetic way. I mean that in a practical way. If you're sitting in a boardroom or you're writing a poem or you're writing an article or an essay, tell your story because there is strength in our stories. We can be afraid to listen to them. Let that fear out by writing. Allow for the memory of the story to rise in our throats and the rest will start to shape. That's number one. Number two, I think that's also very important, is learn to forgiving learning. And this especially as I've gener- gone through the generations of women in my home country, right, the place of my birth, which is India, and the, and the culture there, and also being a, very much a part of the milieu uh, in the United States, whether it's in the corporate world or on a personal front. And and the one message that I've gleaned for that, from, from that for myself and would like to share with your listeners is learning to forgive yourself and other women, right? Because that's the only way we'll be unafraid to tell our stories. It seems a no-brainer, but actually kindness from women to women is probably the most underrated 
an extremely complex virtue or attribute to practice. So let's be intentional about it in whatever we are doing, talking, you and I talking to each other, right? Talking um, about, our, about our work, whether it's our work in the world, whether it's our causes or our poetry, but learning to forgive oneself and learning to be kind to one another as women is an extremely important attribute. The last thing I'll say is, and that, that again came to light for me in these past few years, very, very importantly, is there are no coincidences. There's a taut thread that runs between different points of our lives and people that step into it, you stepping into my life, I stepping into yours, are there for a reason. Let's make sure we find that reason and lean into it and take advantage of that by enriching our stories and enriching our lives. These are absolutely perfect tips. I, I want to thank you for that. For one, they are for ourselves. They are amazing tips for the women that are listening to our podcasts around the world. But they're also great for the next generation. If we can demonstrate what we are learning from you today, we will help so many other people. It's that trickling effect. So I want to thank you so much for that. Thank you. Like, like Joy Harjo, who is one of my favorite most poets, she's a goddess as far as poetry is concerned, she says every soul has a distinct song, right? Um, and we just need to be able to make sure we are pausing, quietening, and listening deep enough and slowly enough to be able to find that song because that song sits inside all of us. That is so beautiful. I love that so much. Thank you so much for coming on to my program today. It was a pleasure to have you uh, share with all of our listeners today. It's just it was a it was an absolute pleasure. I I appreciate you having me. Uh, I appreciate again everything that you do. Thank you. Uh, we as a combined set of women, right, start to increase and expand the canvas of what we can yes. write on. So this is another opportunity for me to have been able to do that, and I really want to thank you for having me on Divas That Care. Oh, you're so welcome, Shahina. I hope that you come back on our program again and share more wonderful things with us. I would love to. You take care of yourself and stay well. Thank you so much, and a huge, wonderful shout-out to all of our amazing listeners that have been tuning in to us from all over the world for the last 12 years. Thank you so much for everything that you guys are all doing out there. You are the change makers of the world, and I am so proud that we are able to do this program and grateful for all the guests and the followers and our tribe of amazing individuals that have been with us. So thank you for all of you. Thank you to my amazing guests today. I hope that all of you do something kind. Make sure that you also support all the other Diva hosts on DivasThatCare.com. Until next time, everyone. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course on DivasThatCare.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.